Hello again, and welcome to the Tweet Cap, coming to everyone on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and pretty much everywhere else a podcast can live. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and today, well, I wanted to talk about sports. It's not my forte, but we do have a pair of big quarterback deals in the NFL just this weekend with Tom Brady signing his last contract, likely ever, for seven more years in Tampa, and Saints quarterback Drew Brees announcing his retirement just today, Sunday. Of course, I said wanted because this is the tweet cap. <laughs> and cancel culture lives here completely rent-free. And, I mean, it's got to be clear, at, you know, at this point that I pick politics over sports 12 times out of 10. It's, you know, just the brand. Uh, the Royals and the British press joined the growing list of figures, products, and institutions that found themselves embroiled in our raging war to define, defend, or denounce uh, canceled as a verb that is done upon others as opposed to its you know current use um, and today actually twitter came for comedian bill burr for his comments as he presented um, awards at the grammys uh, most notably tropical latin artist um, now the royal family and the british press expressing concern about the sussex's children's appearance in my opinion is a far worse you know offense than uh, frankly a balding middle-aged white man bill burr pointing out correctly how um, weird it is that he was asked to present any awards at the grammys uh, let alone the awards that he ended up presenting also the fact that the majority of britons polled are siding with the press and royal family even after harry himself brought up the issues in the harassment to oprah um, it wasn't like Meghan went into business for herself to kind of show what was happening. But Harry, you know, was there the whole time and uh, put his seal of approval. So, again, very, very strange. But what it proves is that canceled, uh, the phenomena, is actually far more American than I think I even realized. But I'm not going to be talking about the, Brit, uh, the British monarchy either. Um, instead, I want to talk about something that was trending earlier this week. Uh, but has been bumped for you know any number of reasons, and I don't really think it should have been. And I also want to use this podcast sort of as an apology and a warning um, for anyone who is listening, especially anyone who knows me personally and is listening. This week, the count of women who've come forward with groping and misconduct allegations on Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, while he was governor, mind you, has reached seven. Um, all of this comes a month after his own attorney general, Letitia James, found a cover-up that he, you know, appears to have orchestrated to try and reduce the number of COVID-19 deaths reported as nursing homes to the public. Um, and a top aide to the governor even told his supporters on Zoom and uh, used uh, fear of political damage because it was a policy that was controversial at the time, moving people who were sick to nursing homes. Um, and then this vague notion that Trump would use it as justification um, for their cover-up, like just that Trump would be, you know, use it against them or that Trump would, you know, bring sanctions. Or I, I, Again, it was not really very clear um, exactly what they thought the president at the time would do to them, but that was their justification for the cover-up. This week, for the first time, really, the national, you know, national Democrats, and not everybody, but more national Democrats, have come out and asked uh, Governor Cuomo to resign. This includes... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Chuck Schumer, Kristen Gillibrand, to name a few of the really big names. Obviously, Governor Bill, um, wow, sorry, Mayor Bill de Blasio, who would like to probably be Governor Bill de Blasio, but I don't really think that's going to work. Also, earlier called for him to resign, actually before everybody else on that list. 
it seems like that's unlikely, as Cuomo has been urging people to wait for the facts, even though many of the facts are already in place, particularly around nursing homes uh, deaths, um, and has argued that he would not bend to, and, you know, I'll give you a dollar if you guess this next phrase, cancel culture. Uh, so apology time first. My personal politics have never been secretive, um, if not explicitly stating this show. Uh, just last week, you can see kind of where I was coming from, and every week before that, whenever there was a news story. And I was a supporter of the, the governor and the Cuomo press conferences when this whole thing first started. Um, he broke down the numbers and plotted a coherent plan for recovery. And uh, many people, especially people like myself, are really digging deep to defend that time period and just to defend him in general. But we, we need to stop doing that. Um, we need to accept that we were wrong. I mean, yes. Was it nice to have a coherent message? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And was anyone else providing that at the time? Uh, an emphatic no. Nobody else was even attempting to put a coherent plan together. Uh, however, the idea that lying about how severe COVID-19 was from the White House press room and downplaying its dangers to the public or even its very existence is any different than presenting completely inaccurate information to avoid political harm for a plan that, you know, unfortunately, tragically failed. It's just plain false. It's the same thing. Not, I mean, essentially the same thing. Obviously, there is degrees, I guess, but we, uh, you know, we, myself, and others like me, were using those press conferences to try and make sense of everything that was going on. And, I mean, you can't, you can't just look away from the fact that all of the info that we had received was completely false. Or at least, you know, misleading on purpose. So, it would be shameful for us to ignore that. And... I know I have probably for the last few weeks been quieter on this than I should have been, um, seeing as how I always talk about politics, but I wanted to take this time today to talk about this topic, about Governor Cuomo, and about hopefully what we're going to see happen within the next few weeks. I just really wanted to uh, bring up the, the second part of this, the part that is you know technically still an allegation, uh, but the idea that one person uh, should be believed when they accuse another person of misconduct when both are private citizens, and we've seen this happen quite a bit, but seven employees can be ignored or, you know, kind of like worked around when their powerful and completely adult male boss behaves, um, or rather misbehaves, that, that's also shameful. Um, to go forward and talk about, you know, empowering women, especially as a man, um, and then to just ignore seven who have come forward and said that this person uh, that we all liked and that we all agreed with um, did this, to just ignore that, it's, I mean, it's just, again, it's shameful. Um, and it took Democrats far too long to come out against this behavior when it was a Democrat like New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And honestly, the major downside is <laughs> this plays up all of the BS that professional dillweeds like Tucker Carlson or Glenn Beck, you know, accused with air quotes, the left of having, you know, it's it's not just in regards to the power imbalances in working relationships or corruption, which are on display in this particular case, but it, this makes it so everything they say going forward is going to have more legitimacy because we're playing right into what they've been making up um, about the left for, you know, a long time. Um, that plays into this trope like that everyone's corrupt uh 
and that everyone is wrong. And when you get into that nihilistic approach that so many people already have when it comes to politics and public service, it just makes it impossible to get anything done. And they're going to go forward and continue to say false claims you know, to millions of people who will all believe them because we didn't practice what we preached. We didn't go forward and treat this the way we would have treated it if this had been a red state governor or, you know, a Republican president. And look, it's a tactic that this group of people uses frequently, the, you know, whataboutism, or look at this, look at that, you know, misdirection. Um, We can't begin to find unity as people when we look only for accountability for those we disagree with and not those that we tend to find, you know, convenient politically or even synergistic politically. And we've been doing that for far too long, and we've been doing it because it's... It's what they're asking us to do. It's what the politicians are asking us to do. It's what our favorite news anchors are asking us to do. And this is not my way of saying that the people who hated Mario Cuomo or who have had a problem with everything that Cuomo has you know, actually signed into law in the last eight years in office and accomplished, or you know, this is not me saying that they're right. And I know that those people, if you know those people like I do, uh, they're going to spend the next you know, however many years saying that to whoever will listen, that they were right all along. And they weren't. They were uh, wrong in those particular cases. Uh, they happened to be you know, right about the man. And really, this is just a way of saying that, that the fanatical way that many of those supported you know, actual insurrection and every deplorable action taken over the last four years, that's not a sustainable model for the future. That's, that's not a way that we can keep going forward. And it'll feel good in the, in the moment, I'm sure, but it's not something that we can actually, you know, accomplish anything with. And I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling a bit here. But um, like I mentioned above, the open glee and celebration from some folks and the slow response from others means pretty much that our leaders, um, political leaders, of course, and also the media, because, I mean, the idea that they are the societal ale that affects all of us is you know, laughable. But um, the media in this particular case are content or at the very least comfortable with this ongoing culture war. And I, like I said at the top of the show, we've had this raging battle now for probably two months to define cancel culture and, you know, CPAC, like I talked about a few weeks ago, their tagline, I didn't mention this in the episode, was like uncanceling America or something like that. So this culture war narrative is something that we're going to see a lot more of um, because clearly those in charge are enjoying the chaos that is ensuing. So it's got to be the people. It's got to be the voters that seek to bring everyone up together and not to return to the status quo just because it's easier than you know trying to make things better. But we all have to get together and find a better, you know, find a better place, find a common ground. Uh, otherwise, again, this is not sustainable, not as a leadership model, not as a governance strategy, and certainly not as a cohesive way to keep a country together. It just isn't the way that society was meant to, to function. But now onto the real matter at hand um, in this. As I mentioned before, Cuomo is not going anywhere on his own. Uh, the governor has never been a nice guy. 
something I, in fairness, I have said all the time. And he's never really needed a lot of allies because of, you know, who his father was and who his connections were, both, you know, in New York and at the national level, serving in um, cabinet positions. And according to sources at the New York Times, he's actually already looking for a way to make his uh, re-election campaign. So uh, he's not seeing this as a loss yet. Confession time, I find it difficult to believe that support for impeachment exists. Uh, I mentioned before that armed insurrection didn't warrant removal at the national level. And honestly, we're probably going to hear that argument in the coming weeks from uh, from New York leaders. They'll, they'll, again, employ that tactic, that what aboutism, what about this or what about that, as a way to justify them trying to maintain their relationships or maintain their power um, without, you know, doing their actual job. And I hope I'm wrong. Um, and maybe maybe he's just so unlikable. Like I said, he's never been a nice guy. Uh, so maybe he's just been privately so mean that this is the this is the comeback that uh, all of these people that he stepped on on the way to the top have been waiting for. But I will say that that same New York Times article did highlight uh, what I think the true power in this scenario is, or where our true power in this scenario is. Now, speaking of brands, like I did earlier, um, as on brand as he can be, Governor Cuomo would actually quiz and expect you know, real and accurate answers as to uh, which news stations were carrying his press conference and how long they stayed with him. Uh, so basically how long they covered his talk. And again, he was expecting real answers, by the way. Um, he is image conscious even more so than a typical politician. And every politician needs to watch for their image. Uh, they need to know what people think about them and how fervently people think that about them um, this probably you know his obsession with it probably comes from growing up a family or honestly it could be from being a successful new york politician in, in his own right um, but for everyone who is listening regardless of your political views and especially if you live or work in new york um, you need to make it known that he's done that governor cuomo is no longer he's no longer um He's no longer the leader of the Democratic Party of New York or really even, you know, the state of New York. And, of course, he has a right to an investigation about the misconduct, which is still an allegation at this point. I do want to make that clear. Um, and, I mean, the cover-up has kind of already been confirmed. You can go to uh, the Attorney General's site for New York and you can learn more about it. And that's still an ongoing investigation, to be sure, but... Um, the facts are there. The facts bear out. There was a cover-up. Um, it was a cover-up of, you know, nursing home deaths, and you know, there's no, there's no real way to, kind of fight that, uh, that he has. But honestly, even if there was, um, still some kind of doubt in anyone's mind that maybe it wasn't him. We need leaders right now, who can build trust, and and look to finish what he, Governor Cuomo, started over a year ago. And that's the recovery process from this pandemic. Um, there's so much misinformation, so much mistrust at every level that we, we need people who are seen as honest and trustworthy and who, you know, who get this job done because we're so close to the end that it would be a tragedy to have someone, you know, fail us now because they're not trustworthy and they've proven that they can't do this job um he can't do it because of the lies that he told and because of the way that he treated his employees 
um, and the way he consolidated his power over the past year and, I mean, possibly over his entire career. Uh, we just don't know that yet. And that means that if he won't do his part to help New Yorkers now at the finish line at the end of this pandemic, then they need to do their part, party affiliation aside. <sighs> Man, another bummer. Well, that's our show tonight. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. And don't forget to leave a like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to help others find us. Please also leave a comment if you can. It does help people uh, know a little bit more about me and the show and hopefully, you know, kind of build those numbers up. But also, I want to hear from all of you. So I know I've had some of my friends on and you know, Matt came back on to talk about cancel culture. And it's been at the top of my mind, you know, for the past three weeks, I would say. And you know, I'm tired of doing these <laughs> and feeling so depressed at the end. So I'm looking for some fresh ideas. So please, please, please send in your topics, your questions, and your feedback. Uh, you can email that at tweetcaponline at gmail.com. Or as always, you can follow along and interact with us um, on Twitter at ttweetcap. Again, that's at ttweetcap. So again, thank you all for listening. Um, thanks, everyone, for all of your comments and support going uh, going forward. And good luck trying to survive the Internet another week. <laughs> <laughs>